0: Amen. Well I too want to say welcome to each one of you. An elderly couple had visited a high-end car dealership. There they fell in love with a beautiful vehicle, but the only problem was that it was $85,000. Well, after speaking to the salesman and trying to negotiate with him, he said there is absolutely no way that this car can get any cheaper. There's just no discounts, it's just not possible, it's one of the very best. And so they thought to themselves, all right, well they told him we'll try to get the money together and we'll be back. Well, shortly after they came back, they noticed that the salesman was with a beautiful, young, blonde woman. And they overheard him closing the deal with her for $75,000. Well, the older gentleman went up to him and said, I just heard you closing the deal with that beautiful lady for $75,000, did you not tell us that there is absolutely no way that you can make it any cheaper, there can't be any more discounts? The salesman said, well sir, just look at her, how, how, how could I not give her a discount? Well. The older gentleman walked away, and the beautiful young blonde went up to him and said, I told you I could get this joker to lower the price, grandpa! If you have your Bibles, would you turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 29, 2 Chronicles chapter 29, and this morning we'll be reading from verses 1 to 11 and verse 15 and 16, 2 Chronicles chapter 29, starting from verse 1, and if you are able to, would you stand as we read God's word? Hezekiah was 25 years old when he became the king of Judah, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah, and he did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his ancestor David had done. In the very first month of the first year of his reign, Hezekiah reopened the doors of the temple of the Lord and repaired them. He summoned the priests and Levites to meet him at the courtyard east of the temple. He said to them, listen to me, you Levites, purify yourselves and purify the temple of the Lord, the God of your ancestors. Remove all the defiled things from the sanctuary. Our ancestors were unfaithful and did what was evil in the sight of our Lord. They abandoned the Lord and his dwelling place. They turned their backs on him. They also shut the doors to the temple's entry room, and they snuffed out the lamps. They stopped burning incense and presenting burnt offerings at the sanctuary of the God of Israel. That is why the Lord's anger has fallen upon Judah and Jerusalem. He has made them an object of dread, horror, and ridicule. As you can see with your own eyes, because of this, our fathers have been killed in battle, and our sons and daughters and wives have been captured. But now I will make a covenant with the Lord, the God of Israel, so that his fierce anger will turn away from us. My sons, do not neglect your duties any longer. The Lord has chosen you to stand in his presence, to minister to him, to lead the people in worship and present offerings to him. In verse 15, These men called together their fellow Levites, and they all purified themselves. Then they began to cleanse the temple of the Lord, just as the king had commanded. They were careful to follow all the Lord's instructions in their work. The priests went into the sanctuary of the temple of the Lord to cleanse it, and they took out of the temple courtyard all the defiled things they had found. From there, the Levites carted it out to the Kidron Valley. Let us pray. Father, this morning we thank you for your word, and we pray, Father, that as we listen that you would open up our hearts and our minds, that your Holy Spirit would speak, would lead, would speak to us, God, and compel us to change and to be transformed, O Lord. And so, God, we open up ourselves to you, and we ask for you to have your way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. Israel had gone through many kings. And especially in the land of Judah, there were many different things that happened generation after generation. Some of the kings that ruled walked with the Lord and were righteous and pleasing, and others fell away easily and turned their back on God. In chapter 29, we see that Hezekiah became king at the age of 25. This was after his father, King Ahaz, had died, and we see that at the end of chapter 28 where Ahaz had died. And although Hezekiah was a young leader, in verse 2 it tells us that he did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his ancestor David had done. He didn't follow in the footsteps of some of the other kings, and he didn't even follow in the footsteps of his own father. But it tells us that he did what was pleasing in the sight of God. He didn't run after pagan gods like the other kings. He didn't follow what the other kings were doing. And it causes me to tell us and to tell myself today to choose to do what is pleasing in the sight of God, Amen. to choose to do what is right in the sight of God. And it's not always easy to do what is right in God's sight. It's not always easy to choose to do the right thing. But it's so important for us to not follow after what this person or that person is doing, what that group of people want you to do or what this group of people want you to do. But the person that we should be concerned about and want to please is the Lord. And too often, we get into the habit of trying to please this person and that person. And it's not such a bad thing, except when it comes to the point of wanting to please everyone else that we forget about pleasing the Lord. And you know what the reality is? that we can't please everyone, that we will never be able to please everyone, but the one that we should strive to prove in every area, in every aspect of our life is God. And so Hezekiah chose to do what was right in the sight of God, to do what was pleasing in God's sight. And for us to do what is right means sometimes we have to make a hard decision. Sometimes we have to do the unpopular thing. Sometimes we have to sacrifice and put our wants and our needs uh, aside and say, God, what is it that you want? And in order for us to do that, we need to listen to God's Holy Spirit. We need to listen to his word and read his word and know what his word says. You see, Noah did what was pleasing in the sight of God. Even though in his generation, everyone was so wicked, he chose to serve God, to build the ark, and he continued to live because God was faithful to him even when everyone else was wicked. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they chose to do what was right in the sight of God. And even though they were told to bow down and to worship this idol, they refused to do so because they knew that would not be pleasing in the sight of God. You see, there are so many examples. Daniel was told, you're not to pray to any other God for a certain amount of days, but only to this. And he chose to do what was pleasing in God's sight and pray anyways despite the consequences that were against him. He chose to do what is right. You see, we have a decision to make. Will you choose sometimes the easy thing or will you choose the right thing? God calls us to choose the right thing, to do what is pleasing to him, not to other people per se, but to God and what is pleasing to him. We don't have to follow the crowd. We don't have to do what everyone else is doing. Choose to pray and thank God for your meal, even when others don't around you. Choose to refrain from drinking and smoking, engaging in pornography, gambling, and non-prescription drugs, even when your friends are all doing it. Choose to avoid gossiping, even when those around you are. Choose to live separately before marriage, even when others say that you should just live together. Choose to attend church regularly, even when there are other events going on that you could be at. You see, we have a choice to make. The choice is yours, the choice is mine. Choose to do what is right in the Lord's sight. So Hezekiah chose to do what was right in the sight of the Lord. He did what was pleasing to him. And one of the very first things that Hezekiah did when he became king was that he needed to deal with the issues of the temple. You see, there were a lot of issues in the temple that needed to be dealt with. And he decided that this was crucial, that it needed to be one of the very first things that he did now rather than later. It needed to be dealt with now. It couldn't wait. You see, the issues that had gone on in the temple, there had been generation after generation of buildup of issues that were going on. And he chose now is the time that it needs to be dealt with. The sin, the idolatry, the angering God had gone on for so many generations that was time to put it to an end, to deal with it, to get things cleaned up, so to speak. And in the same way, in our own lives, we need to decide to clean things up in our life now rather than later. And that's point number two this morning, is to decide to clean things up in your life now rather than later. There comes a point in our lives when we need to say enough is enough. There has just been so much over the years, so much generation after generation that now is the time that we need to deal with it, that now is the time that we need to put that effort and that work into cleaning up our lives and our relationship with God. And you see, the thing is that we cannot clean things up on our own. We can't. We can try, but we'll just make more of a mess At the end of it, we need God's Holy Spirit to help us. We need God to come alongside and to help us to be completely changed and transformed and completely free from the bondage of sin. Sometimes we may even think as a young person or even a healthy person. I don't have to worry about those things now. I don't have to worry about the sin in my life or the relationship I have with God. When I get old or when I get sick, then I'll worry about it. But you all know, just as I know, that the reality is that we're not guaranteed a later that we don't know what happens from day to day. And so I tell you this morning to decide to clean things up in your life, to decide to get your relationship with the Lord right now rather than later because we don't know if there's going to be a later. We need to decide to do things now. Decide today to ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins. Decide today to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord. Decide today to receive the gift of salvation and the promise of eternal life. Decide today to give your heart over completely to Jesus and ask God's Holy Spirit to come and fill you and come into your life. Decide today to stop intentionally sinning and going against what you know. God would want, decide today rather than later. Are you deciding today to do that? Because we don't know if we're going to have a later. You see, they say today is a present. It is the present and it is a present for us. And today is the day of salvation. Decide today. So Hezekiah called the Levites who served the priestly role in the temple He called them together and he commanded them to purify yourselves, or in other words, clean up yourselves spiritually, and then the temple and all the defiled things in the sanctuary. So he called them together and told them, basically, they needed to clean up the sanctuary, the temple, because of the defiled things that had gone on in there and the things that had happened look at this. Before they were able to go and to clean up the temple, before they could go and carry out their role as priests and as Levites, he told them, purify yourselves. Do you notice that? Don't just go and purify the temple right away, but he says, go and purify yourselves first. Hmm. In other words, make sure that you're spiritually clean before you can clean the Lord's house. You see, it's important for us to deal with our own issues before we get into the issues of other people. It's important that we deal with our own sin before we concern ourselves with the sins of other people. Do, Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? Some people love to talk about things that are going on in other people's lives. They love to talk and sister so-and-so and and brother so-and-so and this and that and did you hear what happened? Did you hear that they did this or did that or that their children did this or they did that? You know, it's important for us to get our own lives in order, to get our own house in order before we worry about somebody else's house, before we worry about what's going on. In other words. And I say this very politely, sometimes we need to mind our own business. (laughs) Stop concerning yourself with other people's business when you haven't sorted your own out first. He tells them, go and purify yourselves before you're able to go and purify the temple. You see, if we don't deal with our own issues in our lives, if we don't deal with the sin in our lives, how can we expect and how dare us go and start pointing out the sins and the issues with other people? clean up your own life first, deal with your own issues before you get into the issues of other people, and do those things. We can so easily point out the faults and the problems in other people's lives, but we first must examine our own lives and make sure that our hearts and our lives are right with the Lord first. The Levites could not deal with the sinfulness of the temple, or we could say the sinfulness of the church until their own lives were clean and their sins were doubtful. I saw a post last night that said this, and it's not on the PowerPoint, but I'm going to read it for you. It said, better worry about your own sins, because God ain't going to ask you about mine. <laughs> better worry about your own sins, because God ain't going to ask you about mine. We are responsible for ourselves and we need to worry about what's going on in our own lives before we can worry about what's going on in other people's lives. Is your heart and your life right this morning? Are you clean? The whole reason that the temple needed to be cleansed was because the ancestors, in verse 6 it says, our ancestors were unfaithful and did what was evil in the sight of the Lord our God. They abandoned the Lord and his dwelling place. They turned their backs on him. As a result of that, they misused, they mishandled the things of God, the articles that were within the temple, and causing it to become defiled because they ran after other gods and started doing other things that they shouldn't have done, that they had no business doing. And so they caused the temple to become unclean and defiled it. Even though some of Hezekiah's ancestors, even his own father King Ahaz did this, He sinned. King Ahaz closed the temple doors and did not allow anyone in to worship. He set up altars and worship sites on the street corners. If you read chapter 28, you'll see that. The things that he did were so evil and so sinful. And they did all of these. They made mistakes. But Hezekiah realized This was not right. Things needed to be changed. Things needed to be cleaned up. They had defiled the temple of the Lord. They had defiled themselves. And he said, he's not, basically he decided he was not going to make the same mistake as what they did. He learned from the mistakes that they made. And it causes me also to say, you don't have to make the same mistakes as others. You don't have to make the same mistakes as others, and that's point number four this morning. None of us are perfect. We will from time to time mess up and make mistakes. However, we can learn from those mistakes. We can learn from our own mistakes. We can learn from the mistakes that other people have made and avoid making the same mistakes. You do not have to make the same mistakes as other people especially when it came to his family. King Ahaz was his father, was Hezekiah's father, and he did not continue in the same pattern that King Ahaz did. He did not continue in the pagan worship. He did not continue to keep the doors of the temple closed. He did not continue to do the same things. He broke that pattern, he broke that cycle, and he stopped. He learned from the mistakes, and he did not continue. King Ahaz closed the doors of the temple, and so no one could go in and worship. And here's a side note for you. In King Ahaz doing that, he also was keeping the Levites, who were chosen by God to serve as priests in the temple, from their duties. So not only did he close it for his own reasons, but he was keeping from worshiping God. He was keeping others from carrying out the duties that God had called them to perform. But Hezekiah called them back into service, reminding them of their duties, reminding them that God had chosen them to minister. You see, you do not have to continue doing the same things and making the same mistakes as other people, especially your family. You don't have to continue in the same cycle. There are times where we have great experiences with our families, but there are also times where we see things that our mother, our father, our grandparents have done that you don't have to continue. Just because your father was an alcoholic does not mean that you need to continue that cycle and drink. Just because your mother was negative and verbally abusive, you do not have to continue in that cycle to do that to your children, to do that to people around you. Just because your grandfather may have been another religion and may have served another god, you do not have to continue to do that. But you can choose who you will serve. Just because your grandmother was uneducated, and didn't go to school. You do not have to stop learning, and you shouldn't stop learning. You do not have to make the same mistakes as other people. You have the choice to break that cycle, to say, God, with your help, I'm breaking that. I'm breaking that, and I am choosing not to make the same mistakes as other people this morning. I am choosing not to continue. Hezekiah put an end to what his father and his forefathers had done in the temple. He said enough is enough and he stopped it. He opened up the temple doors and he got things back the way that they should be. A woman was browsing through a garage sale one day when she spotted an antique copper kettle. It was only two dollars and fifty cents. Well, she looked at it, and although it seemed nice, it was badly tarnished, and she asked the owner, the one who was running the garage sale, if the discoloration would come out. The owner cheerfully offered to try some copper cleaner on it, and she disappeared into the house. A few moments later, the owner reappeared with the copper kettle, and the buyer noticed it was beautiful and shiny and gleaming. She handed it over to the buyer for inspection, and not only did it look new, but it also had a new price tag on it. (laughs) It said, like new, $10. You see, the item was more attractive, and it had a new price tag. All it needed was a little cleaning, and it was worth more than it originally was priced. A simple cleansing went a long way and changed its worth. The owner took a moment to clean it and changed the worth, removed the grime, removed the discoloration, the stains from it, and it was worth four times more than it originally was. You see, on our own, Isaiah tells us that all of us have become like one who is unclean. And our righteousness, are like filthy rags. What we can do for ourselves is nothing compared to what God is able to do. On our own, our righteousness is like filthy rags. It is still not clean enough. It is still not good enough. But here's the good news. The psalmist tells us in Psalm 51, cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. You see, God is able to cleanse us. He's able to wash us whiter than snow. For Hezekiah, it was the temple that was defiled and needed to be clean. Now, God's Holy Spirit lives in each one of us. And we are, in other words, temples of the Holy Spirit because his Holy Spirit lives within each one of us. And so if we are temples, if we are houses of the Holy Spirit, we need to be just as clean. We need to be clean, and our lives and our spirits need to be clean, cleansed, purified, and consecrated to God. How many of you like washing dishes? Some of you, yeah, okay. Well, I don't mind washing dishes, but it's not my favorite thing to do, let's say. And you know what really bothers me? You know what really bothers me? Is when people put their, dish, their plates, let's say, in the sink and it has food on it still. Isn't that gross? Isn't that disgusting? So, the other day, my mother sent me a threatening text message saying the dishes better be washed, you know. Anyways, so I needed to go wash the dishes. And so I'm washing the dishes and whatnot when all of a sudden I realize that the water is just not going down. And so, you know, I move out the dishes and they, take, they put them on the counter and the water's still not going down because you know why? There was food and stuff in the sink, you know, in the catch, in that that part, and it was blocking the the water from going down. You know what I'm talking about, right? Okay, so I don't want to gross you out too much. And so I thought to myself, well, I know I didn't leave food in my plate, and so I refused to touch it. (laughs) I said, I'm not going to touch it. That's somebody else's garbage. That's nasty, and it shouldn't have been there anyways. And so I refused to touch it. I'm not going to touch somebody else's leftovers and and then have to get my hands dirty, and it's just gross. And so I refused to touch it. You see, as I was doing that, I thought to myself, how many times we're like that in God? That we are this drain uh, that gets clogged. It gets clogged with the sin and the dirt and the influences around us. And God is trying to pour into us like that water. But those things block the water from going down the drain. And you know, we can block God's blessings because of disobedience and because of sinfulness. We can block the things that God is trying to put in and do through us because of all the garbage and the dirt and the gross stuff. But how good it is to know that we have one named Jesus who comes in and says, you can't clean it yourself. And he goes down in the very dirty, gross, grimy things, even though it should never have been there in the first place, even though nobody wants to touch it, even though it's leftovers. And he cleans it all out for us so that we can be clean. This morning, I ask you, do you need to be cleansed? Are there things that you need the Lord to help clean up? Because we can't do it on our own. Only God's spirit can. And in order for us to be clean vessels, we need him. We need him to come and wash us. We need him to come and to change and transform us. We need him to come and get rid of the dirt and the buildup and all of those things. Even if it's a little buildup, we need to be clean the way he desires us to be cleaned. And maybe today your prayer needs to be, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary pure and holy, tried and true. And maybe you need to say, Lord, help me. Help me to choose to do what is right in your sight. Help me to decide to clean up the things in my life now rather than later. Or maybe you need to say, Lord, help me to deal with my own issues before I worry about other people's issues. Or maybe you need to say, Lord, help me so that I don't have to make the same mistakes as other people, because it's time for a change. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for who you are, and we thank you for your word and for the truth, and we thank you, Lord, that we don't have to be the same people that we came in here as, but we can be changed and transformed and clean. Lord, we desire to be clean vessels. We desire to be purified and cleansed. We desire to be forgiven, O God. So may you come and meet with each one. May you tug at the hearts and the lives of your people this morning and help us, Lord, not to worry about what other people think of us, but to worry about our own relationship with you and to be right in your eyes. And so, Father, may you come this morning and help us. May you help us once again to remove the dirt and the buildup and the gross things that are there that are blocking your spirit from truly working and breaking through in our lives. And so we ask for you to come. Prepare us, Lord, to be that sanctuary. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.